This is The Space Shot, episode 73 for July 26th, 2017. Apollo 15 and Discovery's Return to Flight. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Today's episode puts us at one-fifth of the way through the first year of the podcast. My goal when I started The Space Shot was to post a podcast every day for an entire year. So far, I've done that, and in the process, I've written a couple hundred pages of scripts, read thousands of pages of primary and secondary sources, and recorded a lot of audio. I've gained some new listeners in the past two weeks, so I want to make sure that everyone knows why I'm doing a daily podcast. I did this as a challenge to myself to research, write, and edit a daily podcast for an entire year. I've always loved space and history, so I figured why not combine the two together into something that everyone can enjoy. And that's why I started The Space Shot, to share my love of history, space, and pop culture with every one of you that's listening. Thank you all very much for finding and subscribing to the podcast. July 26th is a busy day in American space history, so buckle up. First off, on July 26, 2005, the Space Shuttle Discovery launched on a mission to the International Space Station. This was the shuttle's return to flight after the Columbia disaster in 2003. Discovery was commanded by Eileen Collins, who I talked about a little in Episode 70, and this would be her fourth and final spaceflight. The return to flight for STS-114 saw NASA implement new safety features designed to mitigate the risks that were associated with foam from the external tank impacting the leading edge of the orbiter's wing. In addition to new designs and application techniques for the foam on the external tank, new procedures for photographing the orbiter at launch and once it was in space were implemented as well. There were a few areas on Discovery that were of concern to NASA during this mission. A thermal blanket on the top or dorsal portion of the shuttle was, quote, puffed out and away from the orbiter. According to a NASA report, there were other issues with the foam insulation as well as the tiles, and that's a topic that I'll be going over in more detail in tomorrow's episode. Another historical event, on July 26, 1971, the Apollo 15 mission with astronauts David Scott, James Irwin, and Al Warden lifted off from Launch Pad 39A at Kennedy Space Center. The massive Saturn V rocket carried the command module Endeavour and the lunar module Falcon into orbit and set the astronauts on a course for the moon. Apollo 15 was the fourth mission where astronauts landed on the moon and was the first with the lunar roving vehicle. Apollo 15 was the first of the longer duration J-type missions to the moon, which carried a number of improvements that extended the stay on the lunar surface and allowed for greater time spent on EVAs, which in turn returned more science than previous missions. Originally, Apollo 18-20 to would have been the J-type missions, but budget cuts and the winding down of the Apollo program meant that the scope of the Apollo 15 mission was expanded to support extended-duration lunar surface operations. The Apollo 15 mission lasted 12 days, 17 hours, and 12 minutes, and the command module traveled 1.274 million miles during its journey. I'll talk more about the scientific achievements of Apollo 15 in later episodes, since the lunar module, Falcon, landed on July 30th, so check back in episode 77 for some more details. One final historical note for today. 
On July 26, 1963, the CINCOM-2 satellite was launched from Cape Canaveral. CINCOM-2 was the world's first geosynchronous communications satellite after CINCOM-1 had been lost during launch due to an electrical issue. CINCOM-2 wasn't in a geostationary orbit like DirecTV or DISH network satellites are in. Rather, it was in a slightly inclined orbit, which meant that its position relative to the ground traveled over an elongated figure 8 pattern both north and south of the equator. President Kennedy had the first phone call via satellite between two heads of state, speaking with the Prime Minister of Nigeria over CINCOM-2. In addition to this call, NASA conducted voice tests, fax machine tests, as well as teletype testing. Communications satellites like Telstar, CINCOM, and more recently satellite constellations like the Iridium fleet have changed how we communicate with the most remote regions of our planet. Before I close today's episode, I just want to mention that I am reading the Expanse series right now, and these books are phenomenal. I was late to the Expanse party, only starting the books after I had watched season one of the sci-fi show, and let me tell you, I am now hooked. Do yourself a favor and watch this series, or read the books if that's more your thing. It's like Game of Thrones meets Battlestar Galactica, and it's awesome. If you have ideas for the show, reach out to me. You can find me just about anywhere, at John Molnix. I'd love to chat. Share this episode with your friends, family, or anyone you know that enjoys podcasts. Let me know what you think of the show by leaving a rating in iTunes. It takes just a minute to leave a rating, and it makes a huge difference by helping even more people find the show. I truly appreciate all of you listening. Thank you very much for downloading and subscribing to the podcast. Tomorrow... The space shuttle gets grounded, and some aerospace history with one of my favorite aircraft, the de Havilland Comet. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.